Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. My name is Tom Galker, and today we're chatting with a smooth jazz pianist, Brian Simpson. All That Matters is Brian Simpson's 10th album, released on June 25th, 2021, on the Shanakee record label. And Brian is coming to the South Point at the National Harbor on July 31st, 2021, with, with a friend of the podcast, Art Sherrard Jr. The group is called Three Alarm Fire, and besides Art and Brian, Julian Vine will be playing bass in that supergroup bill. Before we chat with Brian Simpson, let's listen to a track from the album, All That Matters, It's a Soft Touch. Simpson, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm very excited. First off, I just want to say you're hitting 60 years old this year. You look fantastic. I feel that you may have some kind of fitness or diet regimen that, that you follow. Is there anything that we can learn from you? <laughs> well, I got to give you credit because that is the first time anybody uh, asked me that or assumed any of that stuff. Um, unfortunately... Uh, there's no regimen. Um, I am just, I, I would just chalk it up to the fact that I stay super active. Uh, aside from the pandemic, I spend half the week uh, running through airports. So, uh, and even when I'm performing and getting into from the venue to the hotels, I'm uh, just on my feet a lot as I work. So, I guess I could just credit that. I think I have a high metabolism. I mean, back in the day, a jazz artist, life expectancy was lucky if you were 50 so <laughs> the fact that you were absolutely yeah that i feel that you know the intelligence level of jazz artists is is superior that they're willing to really kind of think about their health and in your case you just uh, got the looks here so <laughs> well you're, you're way too kind to uh, make it yeah you got lucky i feel like you're growing into an acting career where you could play jeff goldblum's younger brother that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if, if I was an actor, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, and you know, Jeff actually plays jazz piano. Yeah, have you ever bumped into him? I haven't yet. Uh, a friend of mine, another jazz piano player, actually was, I think, was giving him lessons for a while, yeah. which I thought was funny. But uh, yeah, I, I uh, uh, well, okay. You know, actually, I got I'll, I'll be honest. With the latest CD, I was looking for the vibe for the photo shoot. And uh, a friend of mine had, had said, hey, did you see him? You kind of look like Jeff Goldblum. You check out this picture of him with a turtleneck. I'd never had any photos done with a turtleneck. So that was the inspiration, Was believe it or not, was a Jeff Goldblum picture with a turtleneck. And so uh, there's, there's, it actually is a, a reason for you to, to get that uh, vibe, I think. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I, I asked you two off-the-wall questions right at the beginning. 
<laughs> what did you learn from the COVID-19 epidemic? Did you come away with some like aha moments? The first aha moment is when all your gigs get canceled for an entire year. And you're kind of like, okay, I need to sit down and talk to my family and uh, look, guys, and gather around. Uh, we're going to have to, uh, you know, tighten the belt and, and see how we're going to move forward. Uh, and one, luckily for me personally, I was uh, able to make the most of it because I just signed a, a new deal, re-upped my deal with uh, Shanaki uh, Entertainment, my record company. So I had a budget to start a project, uh, and I started in March. Basically, I was when this all happened. I was actually on the road. I was in uh, Indonesia at a big jazz festival. Uh, actually, one of the biggest in the world. It's called the Java Jazz Festival uh, in Jakarta, and I had uh, still had a couple more cities to go after that run. It was the beginning of March, and I was flying to next to Australia to play in a club in Sydney, and then I was supposed to go to Tokyo by time and I was hearing about this while I was in Asia the the virus and and by time I got to Australia I knew we were in trouble when in Sydney suddenly I was like what is a toilet paper shortage in Sydney all of a sudden I'm like this is really weird and then uh, I, I uh, my show in Japan I kind of I told them look I don't think this is going to happen let's just cancel it I'm going to fly straight back to LA and and that was it so everything changed at that point, and I just got started on this, this new project because there was nothing else for me to do. Yeah, and, and the takeaway, though, was just, you know, the things that really mattered became very apparent, your family, your friends, and you're hearing about uh, people getting sick and dying, and I've got friends losing uh, family members. So you really uh, get close with your family. I kind of uh, spent a lot more time talking to my, my family and my sister and brother in Illinois and my mom, so... Uh, I've played a part in, in the music that I created from that point on. Art Sherrard Jr. is a Maryland native. Uh, you have him with uh, Julian Vaughn. How did you meet up with those two guys? And it seems like it's a one-off deal. Like, are you? Was that? Is this something that you would be willing to experience? You know, down the road. Absolutely. I, although I kind of enjoy these kind of shows that are um, 
just this going to happen one time. It's a one-time experience, and it, that makes them even more special for me for the audience. It's like you may not see this particular configuration again of these artists. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Of course, I would love to work with those guys some more. Um, Art is the one that put this together, in fact. I think Art along with the promoter. So uh, that was that was his idea to do this. But uh, I'm a big fan of both those guys, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. What is your relationship with Dave Kyes today? I, I'm not going to ask if you're friend or foe, but in your bio, you're, you worked with him exclusively for, for years uh, on his records. I went back and looked at his record tracks, and you're not listed on them, so I'm not sure if I'd ask. Oh, no, I was uh, his music director for years. So with Dave, it was more the live concerts I did for 10, 15 years with him. This goes for any artist, including myself. The people you see on the records aren't necessarily the same people you see playing live with someone. In fact, oftentimes you don't see the guys that are that play that do a lot of recording sessions. A lot of them don't even want to tour. So you're you're you often see completely different musicians doing that. Making a, a CD or record and and playing live uh, just is very different things and. You, Sometimes you just want different musicians for those those roles. So with Dave, it's always been um, a live thing. The only record that actually I've done a couple records that I played on. One was the the live record from Tokyo that was actually uh, nominated for a Grammy that year. So that yeah. So yeah, we're we're very good friends. So you were playing live with Janet Jackson, and and I wasn't sure what tour that was. That was the Janet tour in 1995. Um, I got that call. We rehearsed in LA for a month and we flew to Australia and rehearsed another month with the set. And from then we were out of the country for three straight months in uh, Australia, Southeast Asia, and in Europe. One is an incredible time. I mean, incredible music and great people to work with. So uh, that was. Uh, Definitely a, uh, a fun experience. She was in her prime. That was a masterpiece kind of album that she was touring on. You were a young guy, so what was the, the the vision of those large stadiums and and the frantic pace and the the size and scope of those concerts? You know, I, honestly, it wasn't my first uh, time playing for those kind of crowds. My, in fact, uh, when I first um, moved to L.A., you know, I grew up in Illinois and I moved to Los Angeles after college in uh, the mid '80s. And the first uh, tour I got after an audition was Tina Marie. And her first uh, touring dates were part of a, a tour package called the Budweiser Super Festival. And you get a load of the, the other artists on the show with us were Gladys Knight, L.A. and Babyface, Freddie Jackson, and Earth, Wind & Fire. So... These, these shows were for 10,000 plus size venues. Uh, and I was actually scared. I had never played for more than the, the number of people in a, in a, uh, at a, an Italian wedding or something when I was gigging in Illinois. So I was literally afraid, like, how am I going to react in front of 15,000 people? But, uh, it was just incredible. So by the time I got with Janet, I wasn't freaked out, but I was amazed at the volume of the people. It was literally hard to hear uh, 
your own music over the volume of people cheering at those concerts. It was really something else. You had a lot of influences. So I was just curious, what is your favorite artist of all time? And I put in parentheses, I think Oscar Peterson, but I could be wrong. Well, definitely uh, for my formative years, uh, Oscar Peterson was a massive influence. And I'm sure not just for me, for a whole lot of piano players. He's often the first guy that kind of sticks out. But um, I would say in the phase I'm at, of me being a contemporary jazz artist, the one that, that um, affected me most as both a player and, and as a songwriter was Joe Sample. Um, particularly, his, he has an album called Ashes to Ashes, which is, to me, just uh, the best example of a contemporary jazz piano record. And, and because of the way it's, it's not just what Joe plays, it's all the instruments. Uh, Marcus Miller playing, uh, just every Omar Hakim was playing drums and every aspect of that record can be enjoyed no matter how many times I listen. And I try to implement some of those facets in my own music. Uh, like I would like to feel that you could listen to one of my songs and just key in on the bass or just the guitar. And, and that alone can be a fulfilling musical experience. And to me, that's like the ultimate in any production is where you can where everything is firing, you know? go right into the album it's all, all that matters it came out june 25th first song we want to talk about is is mystical about that a little and how how you got Najee mm -hmm. uh, to work with i'm sure that's not the first time you met no as a matter of fact um well i don't know if you know about this but um i worked with george duke for 10 years he's i consider him more or less my mentor in this business and uh, one of the great benefits of working with George was the other musicians you would meet and work with uh, via George. And one of those was Najee. And uh, so we go back you know, over 30 years of friendship. And um, when I started this project, like I said, back in uh, March, uh, the first call I made was to a young producer named Nicholas Cole. Because uh, as, as you're well aware, I'm now in my ripe old age. I, I needed to get some uh, a younger vibe on this. And I wasn't going to come for me. So I need to find somebody half my age or less. And Nicholas fit the bill. We'd worked together before in the past. Uh, he's a really talented and creative uh, arranger, writer, and keyboardist. So he sent me four ideas right away. And one of them... Uh, I just felt would, um, as I progressed with, you know, working on writing a melody for the song, uh, I realized quickly it's going to need another instrumentation, another instrument, and flute came to mind, and of course, and I thought, if I'm going to get a guest artist, I want someone with some, uh, 
a heavyweight, and I called Najee, and he was more than happy to help out. And I just, I just love what he did on it. I think it really elevated the, the song, and uh, it was really nice interplay between the piano and the flute on that song. that matters is my uh, my number one my go-to i think it's a good way to close out the album you want to talk about that a little well you know in my travels i don't carry a band with me generally speaking um i pick up musicians in the different uh cities that i'm performing in and i had a gig uh, about three or four years ago in wichita kansas and i needed that normally I, I may fly in some musicians from chicago or for somewhere near, but the normal saxophone player I was using at the time wasn't available. So I went to Google and typed in jazz saxophone Wichita. And I came up with this name, Jim Pisano, who was um, from faculty at Wichita State. In fact, I think he heads the jazz studies program there. And I went on, I think I went to YouTube, listened to this guy, and I'm like, a serious straight-ahead jazz musician. I'm thinking he's not going to want to play this smooth jazz, quote unquote. And uh, but I, I was able to get in contact with him. I thought, what the heck, I'll give this a shot. And he was more than happy to come do the gig. Well, he played with me, and we had a fantastic time. He really enjoyed it, and I loved his playing. Technical monster on the tenor saxophone. So. I just kept it in the back of my mind that someday I may want to get him on the record somehow. And so here was my chance uh, to do this. So I, uh, with this new project, so I uh, contacted him and we found a studio in Wichita where he would be able to go in and record. And I just listened on the phone while they were in the studio recording on this track. And uh, that's how this happened. And, and I just love that kind of weight it adds to have a more of a traditional a guy that plays in the traditional vein of jazz on uh, like a basically a funky track like this just uh, lends some weight and uh, I kind of knew in my mind I just wanted to let him play this chorus after chorus after chorus which is what you hear ending the album so uh, I'm glad you like it oh, it's one of my favorites too
what I'm waiting for, I am under the impression this is all you. Is there any other people on this song? It's, um, well, the, the, the voice is me, but that was co-written again with uh, Nicholas Cole. Um, who, those songs I did with him, there's four tracks that, that Nicholas did with me, and they, they're all, to me, have the, the more modern production sounds to them. But, it, you know, I knew I didn't only want to do that because I have people that are fans of me for different reasons and different styles. And uh, I still wanted to give a variety. Like any any project I strive for, the thing I learned back in music school when I was in college was unity, variety, and continuity. And try to keep those always in my mind. At the, and uh, so that was part of the... Uh, the variety was was not just doing the modern production, but that one particular, yeah, I, I love that synthesized bass and the more modern stuff you're going to hear. But I've got uh, Alex Al uh, playing bass on another four tracks. It is just fantastic. Like I said, I wanted a record where you could just, if you just wanted the key on one instrument, it doesn't just have to be the melody. You could listen to the bass, you could listen to the drums, and I think you'll you get a satisfying musical experience from from any of those the drummer that kicked off that album he also played on my very first cd back in 1995 his name is michael white and if there are any of you fans of uh, frankie beverly and Mays, mike was the drummer with Mays for 30 years or something so um and he's another dear old friend of mine so uh, and, and honestly modern music is made Need are broken on the sound of the drums to me, so I, I wanted to have the killing drum tracks, and so I went to Mike for that. All that matters is after this pandemic is, you know, community and, and family and and realizing what's important. This music is soothing the soul, and it's, it's just a, a welcome piece of music to have. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Brian Simpson, thank you very much for joining me today on Something Came From Baltimore. All right, Tom. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I want to mention, I also have another date in Baltimore. Yeah, give it to me. Uh, I am playing at the great jazz club, uh, Keystone, the Keystone Corner. September 8th. You're booked yeah. all the way until next year or something. Yeah, there's, and there's more coming in. So, yes. Yeah. So, I'm glad you got your rest because you're going to be working hard for the next year. Next yeah, year. it looks like it. Yeah. I, yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thank you very much. I want you to have right, a man. great day today. Right. You got it. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Something Came From Baltimore with our guest, Brian Simpson. 
If you got to this point and you have not subscribed, what are you waiting for? Please subscribe to this podcast, and then I'm asking you to share it with five friends who like music just as much as you do. Uh, We want to get the word out, and we want you all to be a part of that Be More Music scene.